0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I am Casey Muratori.
1: I'm Anna Retberg.
0: And this week's movie is What's Eating Gilbert Grape, where Johnny Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio cremate their mother inside her house in this heartwarming tale.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess that technically does happen, yeah. Yes. But I wouldn't say that's what the movie's about. I mean...
0: no, that's not what the movie is about, but I am allowed to describe it using you know. any <laughs> extraction from the plot that I want. As we saw, we watched this on HBO Max was the was the streaming service that had the license for this film or whatever. Yeah. Whatever happens these days, I don't know, or owns it. Uh, and uh their their capsule description was uh like Johnny Depp plays a Someone who's like dream he put his dreams on hold for his family yeah that that was the description somehow they got that out of this film, it, it's which so- is a real interesting take
1: yeah, I mean it's it's it is not true at all no the the point the, the entire, entire point of the movie is that's
0: not what happened is
1: that Johnny Depp's character Gilbert Gilbert grape, the titular Gilbert, doesn't have dreams exactly in a heartbreaking way in a in a tragic way yes. I think this movie is is so beautifully honest.
0: I couldn't agree more.
1: It it portrays sort of the the dark sides of family, the burden that family can be, mm-hmm. and uh, with with a lot of honesty mm-hmm. that I think is really really nice. And and the, there's a complexity to it.
0: Well, I would say that it one of the really cool things that I think this screenplay does, and I mean. The directing and acting in this movie are really good, too, in many ways that I think are easy to overlook, to your point of being honest and making it feel, I think, real. They do a lot of things in scenes where characters are talking over each other or multiple people are talking at the same time, Mm -hmm, and there's a lot of cacophony, and like people are having different reactions to the same thing all at once. Where you have, you know, this character is reacting one way and this character is reacting another way all simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, if you watch a movie that's like shot by numbers where it's like this actor says their line, then this actor says their line. And we never did a table read and we never like tried to work the scene and make it come to life. You don't get any of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think also... They're to be commended for however they made this movie. I don't know, you know, anything about the shooting of it, obviously, but that feel is really well done in this movie, and you notice it. But what I was going to say about the screenplay part is that everything is dialed to 11 Mm -hmm. on the caricature side of things. Like, their mother is 500 pounds. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is, like, severely developmentally, like, stunted like he he basically can't you know he he can't do anything himself right yes yeah um and uh, uh his, their father hung himself in the basement mm-hmm. right so all of that is dialed to 11 and the normal thing that would end up is like it's the lifetime movie of the week melodrama right well, it would be really right?
1: easy for all of that to come across as as overly dramatic and right. sort of like saccharin or something like right. just too heavy-handed
0: but instead it's like a beautifully natural portrait of a family it feels so genuine and even they don't make a big deal out of it like they live they they do the thing that real humans do which is try to keep living your life no matter what no matter how bizarre your situation is mm-hmm. you just try to keep doing what you're doing you know yeah. what i mean
1: well and i think i think the A lot of the ways in which Gilbert sort of reacts to things is like with this sort of like dark humor where he's he's sort of like pretending that he doesn't care. Yeah. In the early part of this movie, Gilbert is really disengaged with everything that's going on around him. You know, he's just sort of going through the motions. He's having like an an affair with this older woman. And it's like it almost feels like he doesn't have any agency there, but he still goes and like does it but it's just it's just like a thing he
0: does well Gilbert doesn't have any agency and I think that's what's so wonderful about I mean there's many wonderful things about this movie but the the most interesting and unique aspect of this movie that I think was very overlooked at the time when it came out I mean critics did praise the movie Uh, Roger Ebert gave it four stars he said it was like one of the best films of the year or whatever so I shouldn't really say that cuz some critics did but you know audiences didn't watch it you can understand why it's it's not you know it's it's not going to be something that's easy to advertise or tell you why you want to see it and it's not going to be something for everyone so I get that but the thing about this movie that to me that's so unique is the passive males mm-hmm. are the sidekick in almost everything and this is like one of the rare movies that was like what if the hero of our story, the main character of this story, the protagonist, is a passive male? He doesn't make decisions. The women in his life control everything, and he is just there. And that's a true thing for a lot of people in the world. That's the life they live. Yes. And they've never had a story about them on the big screen that was great. hmm Now they do.
1: No, it's it's true. It's, you know, I feel like it's so it's so sort of heartbreaking— to watch him just sort of not have agency. It's, it's, you feel so bad for him, but at the same time, he's not like a perfectly sympathetic character, right? I mean, I think the, the way in which they handle the sort of like Gilbert Arnie, that's his name, right? Arnie? Yes. The, uh, their relationship, that feels so, so true. I feel like, uh, where there's, there's, there's love there, right? And there's like, you know, Gilbert obviously has a very caring instinct, right? He,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I mean, at the at the beginning, actually, when he's sort of introducing like his family, he mentions he has a brother who got away, right?
0: Yes, they show and him briefly, those he's on the refrigerator, and he ha-
1: he's wearing like his graduation outfit or whatever. And yeah. it's, so it's like Gilbert is not the kind of person who gets away, and I think it's because he he feels that he has like an obligation to take care of his family, right? Um, he's a caring person. But he's also someone who can be sort of taken advantage of.
0: Well, and is taken advantage of by just about everybody. So you can see, like, in all of the things that we see Gilbert doing, they're clearly just things that he does because some he believes that someone else's approval or, like, life requires him to do it. He works at the local grocery store. He almost certainly could just go get a job at the big food land or whatever or Mm -hmm. take a job that might have more prospects. He doesn't. Right. Even when his friend is who's like talking up Burger Barn, which is one of my favorite parts of the Burger
1: Barn. Like, I mean, there's like the comic relief part of this movie, which is so good.
0: It's fantastic. We'll talk about the comic, the comedy later, because the comedy is great in this film. But uh, he's, you know, it's. He doesn't even think about it. He's just like, no, like the thing that I am supposed to do is work at this tiny store where I probably don't get paid much. He has uh, he has to make quote unquote deliveries, which yeah, means he's ha-
1: constantly driving around doing chores, like delivering groceries to people.
0: And the deliveries to the the, uh, the woman, uh, Mary Steinberg, And I don't remember her name in the, the movie. It's Mrs. Carver. That's it. Mrs. Carver. It's sex. Like she basically calls up the that like local grocery store when she wants sex and gilbert has to go and basically do that for her Mm -hmm. and you know it seems like he kind of likes it i mean he's asked if he will miss her at one point Mm -hmm. in this film and he says yes but it's pretty clear that that was just all her idea like she was like this is what i want and gilbert's going to be the person who gives it to me and that's it yeah and you know and then obviously in his home life he's just always told what to do by either his mother or his sister the older of the two sisters mm-hmm. and that's it that's that's his life he doesn't ever make a choice well uh, in the first maybe 45 minutes of this film
1: he's also pretty clearly the sole like or the main caregiver for Arnie yes which is a huge responsibility yes and is is extremely challenging and I like that the movie sort of like doesn't shy away from that. I think yes. it's I think that's an area movie where there's like a lot of honesty mm-hmm. where it's like, look, this is really hard. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's uh, there's this great scene where for the first time, actually, uh, Gilbert actually has something he wants. He's met this girl who's yes. like traveling through town. Right. And uh, they're having like a lovely time together and. Gilbert realizes he has to go back home to like give arnie his bath and basically for the first time we've ever seen gilbert actually wants something of his own like he wants to go hang out with her yes so he comes back and he's really like hurrying through the bath or whatever and he's sort of like you know he's putting himself first for the first time and it ends up being a huge mistake yes right he pays for that mistake
0: so this is why i say like the writing in this movie is just fantastic and i've read i've I love the movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. Every time I see it, it re earns its spot as like a top five it's movie so en- for me. It's so
1: engrossing. Like that's the crazy thing about it. It flies by,
0: and it's, it's magical. It's yeah. a, it's one of those movies where to me it's magical. It's like it transports you. Yes, and part of that for me is probably that like I grew up in a town like this town. Um, the place where I grew up was a little bit wealthier, just a little bit than this. Because it was close to like a uh, a sent like a, an, a a new industry that had moved in, so it had a little bit more money. But like literally, like one town over was just exactly like the Gilbert Grape Town with like big farmlands, yeah, and exactly the same kind of thing. And the towns were all so small that they functioned exactly like this town. Everybody, you know, if Arnie was climbing the water tower, we didn't have anyone who climbed a water tower. We had stuff like that though. Everyone knew. Right, everyone knew who everyone was, and everyone talked and if If you had a mother who was five hundred pounds, everyone knew who that was mm-hmm. right it what there is no anonymity there, and like you have in a city where nobody you know you can hide in plain sight in yeah. a city and there's no nothing to do right so there's no your life has no There's nothing to show you that there's more to life. You're literally just in a place where there is nothing other than these thousand other people that you basically know all of. I mean, not literally, but very close to. Yeah. So and I feel like that's a very magical element of this movie is that it feels like you are them. Like I everything that happens in this movie felt so spot on to me.
1: I think the other thing too, because everyone knows you, because it's so small, that feeling of like that you can't escape is so strong because there's no running away from anything, right? There's no there's no way you can get away from everyone's sort of like preconceived notion about you based on previous experiences with you with your family, right? Like you're locked in. You can't change who you are. You because... cannot
0: reinvent yourself. Exactly.
1: Correct. And I feel like that's that works so well. And it feels like I mean, I think probably many of us have experienced to some extent like that feeling. Uh, like, certainly I relate a lot with this movie to the feeling of of being, like, trapped in a place. Like, before I ended up, you know, right after college and before I, like, really got my career moving much, I was back in my hometown. Yes. And I felt so trapped, you know, and it was it was scary. Uh, and I think, I so I relate a lot to Gilbert's struggle. I mean, I think his is obviously a lot worse because there's way more things... Holding him back, you know, like, because it's not just the town, right? It's his family. I mean, I think the the, sort of like the symbolism of his mother being so large, right? It's, it's, it's about, it's like, yes, that's her character and that's important. But it's also, I think there's like a symbolism to that of like this sort of like weight, this rock that's like holding that whole family in place. It's got them pinned down and trapped to that house. Yes. Um, And it works so well because it's, you know, it's an interesting character. I mean, we don't see characters like her in movies hardly ever. Um,
0: I mean, most characters in this movie we don't see in movies very often.
1: Yes. is really... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, in the 90s and stuff, there was like a trend of doing sort of like mentally disabled characters.
0: Oh, sure. Um, I just, I didn't even mean that. I just meant like Gilbert Grape is exactly like what you just said, a character that you just don't get... Yeah. As a main character, yeah it doesn't happen very and often. and
1: the mother, I think, is a fascinating character and and an unusual character, and that was her apparently that was her first acting role ever uh and I think she' does a great job she does she does a fantastic job uh you feel you feel sorry for her, but also you understand the the frustration of her children and and I think all the characters in this movie just feel so with the exception of maybe like the comic relief guys, the sort of side like the um, John C Riley and them. Everybody else in this movie feels like pretty well rounded as a character they're they're they feel so human because as you said you mentioned this at the beginning, you were like they they're everything's turned up to eleven like the characters kind of feel like they should be stereotypes or they something, do. but nobody is yeah they're all these really human characters, very complex and it's it's really just great to watch
0: so I think that In addition to, I think, doing everything right, meaning, like, the scenes all just feel good and they do them exactly as they should and they capture every moment pretty much perfectly. I mean, they're really – I really just don't have a lot of complaints with this movie anywhere. It's hard to find uh, something to nitpick. But the overall screenplay structure and what I wanted to say before I kind of got derailed when talking about how magical the movie was – I read the book, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, mm-hmm. as well. They're both by the same person. The screenplay w- and the book are by the same person, mm. Peter Hedges. And the book is not as good. Interesting. He, like, improved the structure hmm. from the book. The book is good. I enjoyed it. The movie is better. It's like he took...
1: That's really interesting. That's ...this rare. opportunity
0: to, like, make it even better than it was. It. I think I may have mentioned this when we did Fight Club. I think I may have said there are only two times when I've ever read a book and seen a movie and the movie was better than the book. And this is the second one. Fight Club is the first. The book Fight Club is not nearly as good as the movie Fight Club. What's Eating Gilbert Grape is a good book. Better than the book Fight Club in terms of their, you know, if I had to rank them. But it's not as good as the movie. What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And so uh, really very impressive screenplay structure and really amazing stuff they do here. So just to give a little bit of an outline of what I think is so great. So we have this town, Endura, Iowa?
1: I think it's Iowa. Idaho? And Iowa. No, Iowa. 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 I
0: thought it was Iowa, but I wasn't sure. Endura, Iowa, where, you know, it is the town we talked about. Nothing happens there. And there's nothing from the outside world. This is really important because it, two times in the movie it's relevant. Once with the burger barn, but, but more what I'm going to talk about here. So the outside world never penetrates Iowa. And that uh, Endura, Iowa, that is exactly the same. It's just literally a a you know a macrocosm of Gilbert's life. Mm-hmm. It's it. There is no sign of anything else other than in his life. Other people make the decisions for him. Mm-hmm. That is exactly the same as there being no outside influence on Endura like it there there there's nothing to suggest anything other than you live the way you live in Andorra well right? it's
1: it's interesting too cuz like you know the the start of the movie is them waiting for every year they watch these um caravans basically that's of, right. of people on road trips going through and, and they pass by they don't
0: stop that's that is important right so Every other year of Gilbert's life, the caravan just passes by. Nobody from outside with an other way of doing things ever comes there. Yes. Right? And what happens? Well, the, you know, Juliette Lewis's character, her Airstream trailer breaks down, uh, her and her grandmother. And this is injecting, right, for the first time, a different idea into the world of Gilbert Grape.
1: Right. She's, She's a totally different type of person than anyone he's ever interacted with in his entire life.
0: And what is that difference? The difference is she never tells him what to do. That's the difference.
1: And she constantly is asking him what he wants.
0: That's right. She is a person who is more of a like, hey, I just believe that people should live their life and do what they feel. You know, like you should... You should explore and see new things and see what happens and you shouldn't just take someone else's statement about well, what you need to do, right? It's and, also
1: interesting too because she mentions, you know, she has her own family baggage too. She does. She says her parents are divorced, she's gone back and she she basically spends her life going back and forth between both of them and they are always moving. And so she's always moving. She's almost the opposite of him in that she's never had a home to latch on to, right?
0: And we see that map on the wall, and it's got yeah. all these pins in it, right? Yeah. And so it's this great—it's just a great structure. It's great simple structure for the, you know, the old-school tale of a different way of doing things comes into someone's life, and how does that affect them, right? And I
1: mean, it's its kind of a—it's a, sort of a classic coming-of-age kind of story, right? I mean, Gilbert's a young man. I mean, he's he, hes probably, what, like 20 or something in this? hes He's still just so young— And I think it's a great coming of age story, really, because it's like part of the coming of age thing is that eye opening experience, like suddenly being able to look at your life differently because of something that happens.
0: And you can see the I mean, the movie literally has in it the things it says the things in so many ways, but it also usually has them sort of literal at some point. At the beginning of the movie, there's literally a part where Arnie is like, we're not going anywhere, Gilbert. We're not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like, literally and figuratively. And at the end of the movie, right, he's like, Gilbert says, we can go anywhere, buddy. Right? We can go anywhere we want to. And you can, it's, it's literally like in the movie and it is the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's also just this great flip of the opening shot of this movie is Arnie... Is excited to see the caravans go by because it's mm-hmm. a simple thing that's fun for him. And Gilbert doesn't care. The end of the movie, it's the other way around. Arnie doesn't really care that much. He's just like, oh, we're you know, are they coming? And and like Gilbert is pacing back and forth and looking to the horizon, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like, it's just great. Like they just know how to do stuff in this film. They know how to make something with no explosions and no superheroes (laughs) and none of this trappings and spaceships. They know how to take two people sitting next to a tree and make it mean something to you because they've taken the time to tell you all about what these character struggles were. All of them Mm -hmm. and why you should care. That, it, that his attitude changed between the beginning and the yep. end. And that, to me, is, it's just so wonderful. And this movie is filled with stuff like that.
1: I think, too, you know, because I've talked before about, like, oh, the burden of his family and stuff, and you just brought up the ending. You know, I think for a lot of this movie, you kind of, you might feel as though that Arnie is sort of the burden. And what I sort of love is that he's not, actually.
0: No, he doesn't turn out to be.
1: At the end of the movie, uh, Gilbert is still caring for Arnie. He's still the sole caregiver mm-hmm. for Arnie. But Gilbert is no longer trapped. It's not Arnie that's holding him back at all. It's really his, it was his mother and his past, you know.
0: Well, another way to say it would be it was mostly his idea about life.
1: Yeah. Right? It's like,
0: he because it turns out he can still care for Arnie and have a better life.
1: You can still take care of your family without putting your own life on hold,
0: as, as the HBO <laughs> yeah. description Except it say. wasn't, but yes. <laughs> but kind of. I, I mean, know what he, you mean.
1: I like that he's, he's not free of Arnie because he doesn't need to be, you know? Yeah. He, the, you, that feeling of freedom at the end that you've... Like, as a, as a viewer, right, you feel it. You feel like the weight has lifted. You feel the freedom that he feels. And Arnie's still there. And it's like, that's so beautiful.
0: It was great. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, the ending of this movie is so good.
1: It's so good, yeah. And
0: you look at... Again, I don't know how to underscore enough just how brilliant some of this stuff is because none of it is obvious to do. I think one thing that I think hurt this movie, I noticed that, you know, it is fairly universally acclaimed by critics. I think it has like a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes or something. I'm not sure. But so I'm not really saying that people didn't say the movie was good because they did, but like in some reviews they were like um it was they're, they're like it's it's a bit predictable or things like that. I'm like, "No, it's not." The reason this movie feels predictable to you is because it's done perfectly. So every step feels natural. It's not predictable. They just don't put in a twist like it turns out Gilbert Grape was a serial killer the whole time or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's predictable, but it's predictable because they nailed it. Um and every little thing that they do helps it feel like the next scene was inevitable. I also feel right? like that—that's—that's that, that's, that's the movie really crushing it. Yeah,
1: saying something is predictable is a stupid criticism, anyway. It it's like who cares if it's selling it, right? If it's working, if you're feeling it, yeah. Who cares if you could have predicted it? It's not like a oh gotcha, you know. What I mean, it's like it's not a screenwriter's job to try to trick you or something. It's such a weird way to look at a, a story. It's
0: and like, I don't know what the benefit would be to this movie to not having the flow feel predictable because. This isn't a movie about surprises. We all know from the first scene, we all know that Gilbert is trapped in this life and we're hoping he gets out. But what What, what did you want to be unpredictable there? It's like we know that's the story. The interesting thing is how will it happen or won't it? You know, but... How? How? Will he end up staying trapped or won't he? Mm -hmm. Isn't crucial to this to me. It's the how that's going to be the interesting part, whether he does or doesn't, you know, find a better life at the end of it. So, you know, I I don't know. But anyway, the point is, there are so many things in this movie that are done so well. I'll just point out one because we're talking about the ending. You know, the the stereotypical way to shoot this ending is, you know, maybe, like, she hops out of the airstream the, the uh, of the truck mm-hmm. and, you know, runs up to him and they hug or something is how you would shoot this if you didn't have a lot of ideas, right? Or if you didn't, like, think it through. And instead, what we see is just this incredibly organic scene, like, Arnie and Gilbert both, like, get into the they they like get into the truck and Juliet Lewis hops over the back seat cuz she's so excited to see him and she like tumbles into the back seat and like everyone is smiling and it fe- again it's like you worked out how to do this fairly complex scene for no reason no one else does it that way but you did and it feels so good it was such a non-trite expression of her excitement to see them right well and also um, i think
1: the you know the visual too of like yeah they aren't stopping but he's going with them right like you know it it's the perfect sort of visual symbol of him leaving like literally and the difference
0: between the two yeah the the opening and the closing exactly yeah, yeah. and and so you know I just God this movie does everything right and um, you know when I say it does everything right another one of those things is you always know the stakes of everything always this movie never just comes out of nowhere and that's one of those like it seems predictable yeah it it feels predictable because they you are there like they've given you all the information you need to understand what these characters are likely to do because of their nature right so we see everything more than once Mm -hmm. we always know what the normal version of something is before we see the abnormal version of it. We we see Arnie get partway up the tower like he always does, right? Can I also
1: say, because this is my second time seeing the movie. Okay. And so there's actually stuff you can pick up on, like with the filmmaking, which is actually really, really clever. So when uh, Arnie's waiting in the car, mm-hmm. right... When the, before you know he's going to climb the tower, before you know anything about the tower.
0: When you're doing the delivery to Mrs. Carver? Yeah. So, okay. so
1: Gilbert's in, with, in the house with Mrs. Carver, and Arnie's sitting in the car trying to count or whatever. And through the windshield, the back windshield, it's like perfectly focused yep. on that water tower. And it's so good because it's like, we don't know, as an audience, as a viewer, you don't actually know that that's going to matter at all. Um, but the filmmaking is so intentional. It's like, it, you know, and that's that's just great. It's great filmmaking. It's great shot setup.
0: And we see what happens normally with that. So the, the the big time when he actually gets to the top and he gets arrested, which yep. leads to their mother actually coming out of the house, which is like amazing. 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 You, it feels it feels exactly like it really happens. Like it, like I said, it feels exactly like being back in my hometown. This is exactly what it is. Everything is routine, and once in a while, something breaks the routine, and that's the big deal, right? That's the big deal that happened and all of a sudden it's like whoa there's an event in mm-hmm. the town and everyone comes out to mm-hmm. see it right mm-hmm. it feels so good because they've shown it to you and the same thing happens with lots of in this movie one of the really great ones is after arnie after gilbert and arnie have their fight and and gilbert actually hits him which is an amazing sequence because he goes and like he he Ends up at Juliet Lewis's place because that's the only place he knows to go. He almost leaves town, but then he kind of doesn't. And, you know, he comes back and he has to make amends with Arnie. And how does he do it? His sister has them play the game that they play at the opening of, mm-hmm. of the movie where it's like, where is Arnie? It's something they've done many times before. And it's it's so perfect, right? It's so much better than the trite version of that scene it's these characters doing the only way they know how to reestablish normalcy and it feels perfect mm-hmm. it's just brilliant it's mm-hmm. really brilliant stuff every yeah. single thing they could have done easy they did hard they yeah. did they did work to figure out how to make it interesting i think
1: it's a it's a really lovely scene with his sister too it is uh because you know i think She's mad at him, obviously. She is. But she also understands. Like, she yep. totally understands. And so her, she kind of forgives him uh, without saying, I forgive you, right? It's yep. like that she kind of softens. And, and it's just, it's such a sweet scene. It really works so well.
0: And the scene with Juliette Lewis and the mother, she's like, I haven't always been like this. And Juliette Lewis oh, just yeah. says, I haven't always been like this. It's the perfect thing for that character to say. Yeah. And she acts it. So well, she doesn't just say it. She like she doesn't she. You understand that position because if you were in that position, you wouldn't know what to say either. And neither does Juliette Lewis. But after a few seconds of thinking, she realizes what she can say that's in line with how she wants to treat this woman because she's a kind person and doesn't Mm -hmm. want to say anything to hurt her feelings. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And she says the perfect thing, but it takes her a second. Right? Mm -hmm. It's so good. I was
1: thinking too about. You know, Gilbert's so interesting. So like, you know, early in the movie, like he he lets his family, he lets his mother control him, but he actually doesn't really respect her.
0: Well, he lifts the kid up to That's see what through the window. I was just window. thinking. Yeah.
1: You know, he kind of lifts the kid up to see to gawk at his his mother like as, as though she's some sort of like carnival attraction or something. Yeah. Even though he ultimately, you know, he is caring for his family, right? He's doing everything because of because of his mother and and his family. Uh he doesn't really respect his mother. Uh, you know, he makes that pretty clear.
0: It switches. Yeah, in the middle of the film, we get an actual change. Well, I,
1: think, yeah. I think, and it's because of, I think, Becky. The character's name is Becky. Yes, it's Becky. I think after that, he kind of, he becomes softer. He kind of like, I think she helps him sort of realize that he's sort of taking out, I think, his feelings of being trapped on his family a little bit, you know?
0: Well, and he's never processed them, right? And you see this... Yeah they have that when when everything just completely breaks down and this is again it's so good it's so good it it's it's basically just a freaking masterclass like i hate using that term because people use it nowadays <laughs> to describe things that are actually just really lousy but like it literally is what precipitates this is everything bad that could happen to gilbert happens the one thing he actually has really cared about now as a new, like, thing that helps him not feel so, you know, isolated and and in many ways trapped. She's leaving. And, you know, there's been this great build up to that. Every time the car mm-hmm. sort of starts, it's like this terror for him in a way. And even for Becky. Yeah. I... Uh, they are both so unhappy when the car starts because they really like each other and they want to keep seeing each other. But, you know, it finally is ready. So so she's going to leave. And that's like the one good thing he's got going right now is going away. Mm-hmm. You have the cake gets spilled, mm-hmm. which means now he has to go to Foodland, yeah. right? Yeah. Which he's never been to. And when he's coming out of Foodland with the cake he sees his boss, which really hurts him because he never wanted his boss to see him at Foodland. Doesn't it also also mean his boss is shopping at Foodland? I can't tell because the boss is driving by. So I interpret it as the boss looking at Foodland, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then Arnie gets into that cake. So the cake that he went to Foodland to get, which was humiliating for him, is now ruined. Mm -hmm. So everything has gone wrong for him. But even during this... They have him walk by the lobsters. Why? Because we've heard about the lobsters in like the second scene of this movie. When he's bagging, when he's like tagging the groceries at Foodland, the boss asks him if the reason everyone is going to Foodland is the live lobster tank. Right? Yep. So they even get some comedy into the really bad day for Gilbert. Yeah, And so it precipitates him just basically snapping. He's obviously never hit Arnie. Because he literally chastised his sister for that and told her how important it was that nobody hits Arnie, even though obviously some people do hit Arnie, just never Gilbert, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is a massive breakdown for him because he He's that, crossed
1: a line that he he told himself he would never cross.
0: And you know that he will feel as horrible about that as he possibly can, because that was like the one thing he yes. thought no one should do was what yes. he just did. Yes. So then he goes and they have basically like a like a he and Becky talk by the fire, and he basically just tells her everything. This is the first time he's ever told anyone anything. Yeah,
1: well, and he, right? he even because I think he's, he talks about his father. His father that's is right. the thing that he's holding inside. Like earlier in the movie, she asks about his father, and he's like, "Maybe another time." Yeah, some other time. Like that's the one thing he's just not dealt with.
0: He's never processed anything. It,
1: yeah, it, really, he hasn't. Thing, but that thing in this father in particular, he's really holding tight inside. Yes, he won't look at. Yes,
0: we won't even go in the basement. He was terrified to help uh, John C. Riley with the wood beams
1: well i think and i think it makes sense i think he understands so deeply probably why his father did it and i think it scares
0: him i totally agree that that would make perfect sense right so that processing that like him finally sharing this with someone and feeling understood yeah gets him to the point where now he can accept his mother and have an opinion about her that isn't just dutiful And right after that is when we get the scene where he's like, I want to introduce Becky to mom. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Which he never wanted to do before. He he specifically avoided it. She was like, I'm fine with it. You know, I I, I want to meet her. And he was like, no. I mean, I think it's
1: also too back to that thing of like, like because Becky is an outsider. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it never occurred to him that there was anyone he would ever be able to share anything with because. Right. No one he knew. Like everyone he knew already knows everything or thinks they know everything there's there, there's no ability to be vulnerable to open up or to be honest and so i think for the first time he kind of realizes like what he has in her in becky like that is different than he is than anybody
0: else it's just beautiful work it's absolutely beautiful everything about this movie just it's just great should we talk about the comic relief or is there any other parts of that structure we want to talk about? Because there's just a ton of it. I mean, I mean,
1: yeah, it's hard. There's so much you could talk about. Um,
0: you can pick any scene and there's stuff I can say like, oh, that's from this. That's working this. That's mm-hmm. everything's I should also mention. I think I mentioned in when we talked about Lightyear, how every scene is mm-hmm. single duty. Basically, mm-hmm. it only does one thing. And that is the thing that the writer like wanted that scene to to say. The characters will just like say it. And then we move on to the next one or whatever. Every scene in this movie is double duty. Every scene is probably triple. It's advancing the plot forwards by having something happen that's important to like move a series of events forward, obviously. It's also establishing something about characters, either establishing or reinforcing something important about the characters that we need to know. And then third, it's doing something fun or interesting for you to watch. The actual scene yes. is interesting. Yeah. So like it's succeeding on all three levels. On every page yeah. of this screenplay, it's really remarkable, and of course, yeah. Then backed up by the fact that it's performed beautifully and directed beautifully is you know just what makes this movie so magical to watch.
1: I mean, it also has some remarkably funny stuff in it. I mean, I think the scene. You want to talk about the comic relief? I was going to say the scene at the funeral where the amazing. Burger Barn drives through is uh, one of the funniest scenes in a movie.
0: Just, John C. Riley nailed that scene. Like I cannot, I his face is so perfect when he sees the burger barn when he sees that burger barn and like he's at a funeral and he's a very respectful person he's like one of the few people who was like he's mad at gilbert when gilbert doesn't respect his mom he's like that's your mom in there you know like don't Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so you know he's a person who would take a funeral seriously but when he turns around and sees that burger barn the look of like that's the future. Like the future is coming to town. He's perfect. Mm-hmm. He captured it so well. Oh, yeah. it cracks me up every time.
1: I mean, I think it's funny too because he's, you know, he's like a, another type, a, a type of person who is is also sort of trapped in this small town, but is looking for yes positives, like looking for a future. Yeah. And he's just doing it in kind of a different way.
0: (laughs) All of his sales pitches are amazing when he's like talking about how canola is cutting edge, right? And Burger Barn invented the salad bar, (laughs) which is now like mimicked everywhere, right? Like, forget Wendy's, forget Burger King, forget McDonald's.
1: Yeah. No, it's great. Burger and the, Bart and is cutting the, uh, edge. And then George McFly there is uh Yes.
0: Crispin uh, Glover. Crispin
1: Glover is like as a as a uh, mortician or whatever is hilarious too. Uh he's like, How's your how's your yep. mom? I haven't seen her at church lately. Like it's like yep. nobody's dying. It's awful. <laughs> yep, yep. Um just just like I mean, tonally I think it helps so much. Like I think you do need it, but it's also like it's not important to the plot or whatever, but it, right. it fills out this world in this in this really nice way.
0: Yeah, they they add a, a nice levity to it because, like you said, they're the only they're really the only characters in this movie who aren't sort of filled out more. Like we don't go much into like why they do what they do. So they are like pure what, comic
1: right? relief, basically, and so
0: they're kind of just this nice like peanut gallery that shows up from time to time and adds this nice levity to the movie at a time when maybe it would get a little too heavy for what it wants to do and it's great it keeps it balanced and so you know when those guys show up that there's going to be something kind of silly and and it's not so weighty and i I like that
1: oh totally and i think they also you know serve a purpose in sort of giving you a feel for what this town is like. like right who are the people who live here you know, what is it like to live here? Well, um, I think
0: that Mrs. Carver and Mr. Carver also do a nice yeah, job there. That's
1: a whole other interesting great. little, you know, the, the whole thing with Mr. Carver and, and what ends up happening with him is like, I mean, I think everyone in this town is trapped in, in some way. Yes. And Mr. Carver, you know, it seems like, I, I think as you said, this movie is sort of about like men with no agency. And Mr. Carver is the same exact thing, really. I mean, he's... he's no, it's, it's
0: it's literally like... The only man with agency in this movie really are the, are the is the comic relief people, John C. Riley and Crispin Glover. They, they don't have much, but they seem to be living their own lives to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But all the other men in the movie are just doing what the women in the movie tell them to do, pretty much across the board, right down to the fact that, and I loved the scene, when the mother goes into the police department.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They
0: listen to her. Because, and you can see, like, they know each other. Mm-hmm. They probably went to school together, right? And she calls him by his first name because that's how it works in this town. I knew the police officer's first name is the town I grew up in. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that, like, he's not really the law there, right? He's nominally the police officer, but their relationship Supersedes his authority. That's how it works, and that felt so realistic to me too, because that's a very that's a real thing that happens. Sometimes you get you know law enforcement people who that's they they're still people right, and they have relationships that supersede their supposed authority mm-hmm. to do whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, there that guy's a passive guy. He's just not even though he's the sheriff mm-hmm. or whatever or the you mm-hmm. know I don't know what his position was technically, but he's. Still a passive personality, so he's not going to assert his authority, and so yeah, everyone—it's that's the way it is. Yeah, and I love that. I think it's great. It's very interesting. Uh, I loved Crispin Glover's ex- explanation of how Mister Carver dies. Yeah. <laughs> he uses a spoon, like pitching forward into the ashtray, mm-hmm. and again, those conversations are so well done. They're so well acted, so well directed. Everyone's talking over each other. Gilbert's pouring out a, a like a sugar shaker Just onto the, onto table. the table and john c Riley is like arguing with crispin glover to about whether or not it's likely murder and crispin glover's getting mad because he's like i i'm like a mortician or whatever like i am the one who knows about <laughs> death like i saw the coroner's <laughs> report how are you arguing with me you're you know you're a carpenter right and john c Riley's like no you don't know you don't know what happened right it's so beautiful what what amazing stuff they get Great scenes out of nothing. This is a small town where nothing happens. There is nothing to work with here. And they build up beautiful scene after beautiful scene.
1: And it's not just the dialogue. Like, as you mentioned, like that scene where, you know, Gilbert is like pouring out sugar, you know, just pouring it out of the table. Like throughout the movie, there's like so much stuff, like the the set design, the props, like his old truck. Like everything feels so tangible in this really satisfying way. It's always fun to watch. It's like a feast for your eyes in a lot of ways. I mean, it's not the most flashily shot movie. It's not like a David Lean or something, you know, or even Terrence Malick or somebody where you're like, look at how gorgeous it is. Right. But it's really intentional and it's really to the point and it does exactly what it needs to do. And there's always something interesting to look at in the frame. I think that much like you said, where people are like, it's predictable or whatever with the story. I think it's the same with the filming, filmmaking where it's like it's doing exactly what it needs to do to the point where it's almost not noticeable in a good way.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say that's exactly what's happening. That shot with them arguing at the table and everything is happening at the same time. So they, that's a hard shot to do. Yeah. It's way harder than a dramatically lit shot of one person who says one line and then we cut to another dramatically lit shot of another person who says another line. It's way harder to have this amazing organic feel between these actors. They have to have rehearsed that stuff. They have to work with each other. They have to get to know the scene. They can't just have read the lines five minutes before and never studied them, right? I mean, maybe some of them can because I don't know. Some of these actors are really good. act. They're, I mean, they're great actors, right? I mean, Johnny Depp and whatever. But, you know, I'm just saying this doesn't happen by accident you actually had to work to make scenes feel this natural
1: everyone i mean i think it's pretty clear that everyone actors writer director everybody kind of came together with with like a very clear idea of what was going on and it 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 works really really well yeah i don't really i don't have anything negative to say about this movie i don't either it's great
0: i mean that's one of the reasons why i picked it for casey picks month um it is definitely one of my favorite films of all time it's one of those movies where I have to like if you ask me what my favorite film was because I don't really know what my favorite film is. This is one of the ones where I'm like this might be one, this might be it. Like this this might be it's in that top 5 where I just don't know where yeah, to put stuff. yeah. yeah. Yep. Because I can literally watch it as many times as as there are to watch. I just don't get bored of this movie. I could watch it every year and just be like, "Yep, that was great." It's it's yep.
1: absolutely engrossing. You, it's just, I don't know why. I don't know why, but it's just, it's so engrossing. I mean, all the reasons we talked about is why. but
0: And it hits, the it, it does a thing that I particularly value, which, you know, other people don't, but I do. I really love watching writers make something out of nothing. that That to me is one of my most enjoyable things to watch a writer do, to find a way to get this many great scenes and to then construct this many great, interweaving like series of events that tell us about the character and show how the character changes or what affects the character to get that much stuff out of basically nothing yep there's nothing right it's like the entire plot is a woman comes to town who wasn't there before that's it that's what they had to work with and they invented so many great things to put in this story to make it come alive yeah. i love watching stuff like that because you know I don't know. I'm not saying it's not hard to, like, invent, like, hobbits and orcs and whatever else it is. Yeah, that's work. But to me, it's less interesting because that's more of a journey of imagination and not of observation, you know. And I really like watching these things where they create an amazing tale out of just observing people and creating like these sort of interesting maquettes from, I from like reality. This
1: is the thing that I I think I love about Miyazaki stuff. May, you know something like My Neighbor Totoro or whatever.
0: Oh yeah, is yeah. like
1: the thing that makes that movie magical, and the thing that makes this movie magical is like yeah, based in in sort of like honest observation of human behaviors.
0: And yeah, the Miyazaki stuff is like a is like a magical extension of it, but yeah. it's still that a lot I mean, of the scenes think are about are, my, are not. My magical, Neighbor Totoro, yeah.
1: there's like barely any plot. It's like yeah. Girl's mother's in the hospital. One of the little girls like runs away. Yeah. Like it's like there's very little that happens. But within that you get so much. And I feel like it's very similar for this movie where it's like it understands it's human, the humanness of its characters. And and there's so much that you can do with that. It's great. Loved it. Well, I guess that's it for What's Eating Gilbert Grape.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's. I mean, I'm thinking in my head right now of tons of things we didn't talk about. Yeah. So that's but... just how dense this movie is. So I don't want you to think that I've said all the things about it. It's oh, like, yeah, no, yeah. there are like five more hours of things <laughs> about Gilbert Grape, you know, um, that we could say about how, what's working in this plot and the screenwriting and in the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, I hope you, any, anyone out there enjoyed it. I realized it wasn't a super popular movie. Um, you know, I think it barely broke even at the box office and i guess it did better afterwards as as movies of those eras did my understanding was back then like D, not dvd sales but vhs rentals and stuff like that were very um popular in fact true story a uh friend of mine who it was actually the girlfriend of of one of my best friends in high school she worked at the local video store oh, okay which is a blockbuster um through one way or another, she knew that I loved this movie. And they had the poster for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, the big one. Oh, wow. That was in the window, and she gave it to me. She saved it. She got it, and she gave it to me. Oh, wow. And I think I still have it. I had it for quite some time. I don't know where it's ended up now. I really hope it didn't get thrown away, but it might have. Um, but Because I don't know where it would be now, but I, it was... Uh, I I had it and I had it up in my office actually when I worked at Rad uh, Game Tools. Oh,
1: did you really? Yeah, yeah, I
0: did. Uh, and and it's a yeah, absolutely great film and one of the only ones I've ever had a poster for. Yeah, that's, I don't think I've ever had a poster wow. for a film, but I do have for that one.
1: It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I mean, anybody who's listening to this and hasn't seen it, I really recommend it. I mean, it's on HBO.
0: If you if you don't like non-spectacle movies, it's probably not for you. It it doesn't have that. But if you're the kind of person who who has ever liked a movie like that that's about us like any kind of slice of life movie give this a, give, give this one a shot
1: oh absolutely yeah. all right well that's it for what's eating gilbert grape
0: fantastic film next week bullets over broadway right
1: yeah i was gonna say one more casey likes movie that's right she's gonna be bullets over broadway
0: i love bullets over broadway
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: i'll have a lot to say about that Oh, one of too. course you will see you later everybody
1: Bye.